Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Emily Washkovich, the host of Behind the Review podcast. We're going to do a series of four podcasts with Emily, and today is part one. We will talk about your online business presence, including social media how to set yourself up online, and why it's so important in this day and age. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and the PoolmanUniversity.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, feels good to finally be back after missing a few weeks there. A, a few really? Weeks. That's it? <laughs> That's it. Really, bro? <laughs> We've waited uh, for you for three wait. weeks, and this is what you're going to come up this with? This is what you come back with? <laughs> Holy it's crap. Just, it's, it's been such a, a wild morning already. I was prepared for this about two hours early. Kind of talking to Edgar. I'm like, hey, I'm just sipping coffee, hanging out. Let's let's test this out. And we get on, and next thing you know, I've crashed. I have one computer that sounds like a lawnmower. I've crashed another computer this morning trying to uh, get this all linked up, and then had to go get two laptops. And so I finally made it, but it's like, man, it's just been one of those mornings. So yeah, it feels good to be back. John, good morning. Let's see if you can kind of fix that because he's just, you know, that's all we're getting from him. Well, look, I'm just going to say this. Good morning, everybody. Um, and I'm very thankful that Zach is back and glad to have Emily on. I'm looking forward to this conversation because I think it's super critical in any successful business and looking forward to picking her brain a little bit and getting some questions answered. And hopefully people can have a little better insight when it comes down to you know online presence, Yelp, et cetera, and stuff and how it really affects your business. And even though you don't think it's, it's not one of those things that's out of sight, out of mind, you can pretend it's not there, but the reality is it's affecting you one way or the other. So you need to, you either have to approach it and do something about it so that you can benefit from it or you can neglect it and allow it to actually hurt you. Um, so super excited for this. And then also, I'm excited because I'm flying out tomorrow. I'm heading out to see my boys out there. Um, so we're going to be taking the red eye on Saturday, which is tomorrow night, and then uh, flying out to Texas. Uh, get to meet Edgar and Zach for the first time and um, do a couple different things and um, maybe look at some homes out there too. So, yeah, it's going to wow. be a great weekend. Wow, did you hear that, uh, Zach? 
Yeah, I did. Holy cow! Now I'm. Thrilled. Who knows? I might write a check, put a get a down payment, put a down payment on a home out there. Who knows? Just do it. Let's I'm thinking it. maybe I could. I was talking to Mama and I was saying, "Hey, look, maybe we just get a house out there and we'll just have Edgar manage it and we can rent it out." But I don't know what the rental like business is out there. If it's it's really like hot out here. here right now. It it's is like really really hot. Yeah, yeah. cause just like yeah. everywhere. So, John, I do want you to know that Zach is going to drive up, and we're going to confess to you now. Uh-oh. We are going to play a prank on you. For we sure. We are going to be at the airport at midnight, and I am going to be holding the sign that says, Welcome back from rehab, John. <sighs> so, just FYI, we're going to be there, and Zach's going to be there. So, we were kind of debating, do we say, Welcome back from jail, or Welcome back from rehab, but... You know, we're going to be sitting there with that sign waiting for you. So just well, FYI. Let me tell you this. Prank on you. Aren't there two airports near you? You think I'm flying into one, right? But am yeah, I really flying you know into what? that one? Mama sent me the information. So good luck oh, with that one, buddy. Yeah. Okay. I'll be sleeping. I'll be laying in the seat, sleeping in the car. So, Dude, I, dude I'm totally rocking a California style when I go out there. I told you what I rented, right? The car that I rented. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was awesome. So. Yeah, it's going to be, people are going to look at me. I'm going to be in Crocs, shaved head, right? <laughs> Looking like a weirdo, driving in a Tesla out there in, in the middle of Texas. Everybody's going to hate me. It's going to be fun. Listen, all we have to do is put a gun in a holster on your hip, and you, people will be like, this is a full-blown Texan out here. <laughs> Emily, I'm sorry we've kind of left you in, in the back seat here, but good morning. How are you? Good morning. You guys are making me rethink my career choice. Maybe I need to switch over to the pool industry. Yes. And just stop, please. you know, leave the rest of the industries behind and just <laughs> learn how to do pool stuff. It sounds like too much fun not to get involved. I was looking up flights just now, but I don't think I'm going to cut it this weekend. Maybe on your next reunion tour. There we ah, go. That'd be awesome. Huh? That would be really cool to have you. So we appreciate you being on with us. This is a topic, like John was saying, that I think is one that's very important. And there's, you know, a lot of pool guys that have to really kind of focus on this aspect of their business. So I'm looking forward to get started on that. Before we get started today, I do want to talk really quick about the Pool Nation Awards. We have launched the site. You can go to www.poolnationawards.com. The nominations are open. So what you're going to want to do is go through the categories, submit any nominations that you want. The nominations are open until August 21st, and then from there, it'll go to voting. There are a couple categories that are already open for you to be able to vote. You do have to register on the site. But guys, these are the Pool Nation Awards. They're the ones that you wanted, the pool pros. You guys will be submitting the nominees, and you guys will be the ones voting for it. So go to the website, check it out. Next week in our podcast, we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into that. Our shout-outs for this week goes out to Ocasio Pools in San Antonio, and I've been checking out your pools, bud, and that water is absolutely legit, so shout-out to you. And another one goes out to a big-time follower, Zach and John, from our Instagram Lives, from the first one, that is Israel from Five Star Pool Service out in California. So when he started following us, he was actually working for somebody, wanted to start his own route, and now he has a full route of his own a year and a half later. So great shout out to you, bud. Thanks for the follow. Emily, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We're excited to have you come on and do this podcast with us. I think the information is going to be valuable. For everybody out there, we're going to be doing a series of four podcasts with Emily. Today's, which is your online presence, how to set yourself up and why it's important. 
Number two, which is going to be a good one also, it'd be even if you hate the online platforms, you still need them. But then we'll start to get into strategies on how to manage those. The third one will be social strategy, right? So how do you take all your social media and how do you use that engagement and turn those into customers? And number four is going to be a response strategy and how to deal with difficult customers and how to manage your online reputation. I'm super excited to be able to partner with you, Emily. Let's get started. So Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Sure. But before we get into that, you guys, I need to figure out who the part-timer is. I heard on an Instagram live, <laughs> one of you is a part-timer. Who is it? Part-time. Oh, part-time man. Work. Zach. Zach. They, they've I got you pegged, Zach. my friend. You're the only part-timer yeah. here. Part-timer? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Zach has been gone for the last three podcasts. And look at that. They've got you pegged as a part-timer, Zach. Oh, yeah. He's not even no. the full crew anymore. I heard the spot was open. You guys were interviewing for a, for yes. a full-timer? <laughs> we are. So, Emily, yeah. Zach, this is all starting to unravel. She's starting to say that she was looking at flights and she wanted see? to be on the I see. I see sure. what's going on. So, so, here's what happens, Zach. You start taking over the That's business. what you get. I better <laughs> step my game up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but in all seriousness... Let me give you a little bit of insight on who I am. I could be in the pool business maybe, but it's not really my forte. um, I've been working at Yelp actually since 2014, and I'm the small business expert. So my goal is to educate business owners on the free tools available to make the most of our site. Before the pandemic, I would be at conferences, trade shows, conventions, anywhere that there were business owners in this opportunity to talk to them especially those individuals who maybe have misconceptions or frustrations with Yelp. Uh, You know, I kind of see it as my goal to get out there and be a real human that can hear that feedback, take it internally, but also answer questions. And, you know, I think something about doing podcasts like this that really excites me is every industry has a presence on our site for the most part, whether they want to or not. But the ones who are really killing it in their market, in their, you know, background, whatever their industry is, are the ones who are engaging. So you don't have to love it, but you have to be engaged on some level. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys today and in the rest of the series about some of the, you know, emotional mindset shifts that need to happen, but then also just the tactical, very, you know, strategic, strategic things you can do to grow your business and your brand. So really looking forward to digging in deeper. And I think you guys already hit the nail on the head with the importance of talking about and just getting involved and feeling comfortable with having a digital presence as opposed to running away from it. Emily, I think you nailed it as far as, you know, small business owners, especially when you just first start, you always have to wear multiple hats and regardless of whether you're good at it or you're not, you you just have to do it in order to be successful. And our past podcast, and we talk about it as far as like hiring employees and bringing people on that when you hire people and you bring people on, you need to be able to hire for their strengths and also your weaknesses. So just because if you're not good at something, it's okay to bring somebody on board that is good at it, that can help manage it. And that's something that you can get to down the road. But at the beginning, we don't all have that luxury. So we have to wear those multiple hats in industry. And because we don't have tons of staff, 
we need to keep changing. You know, one day I'm a marketing manager, one day I'm customer service, one day I put out, I'm a fireman, I'm putting out fires, right? Next day I'm a technician, next day I'm, I'm buying inventory, whatever. And people tend to shy away from the things that they don't like to do. And because that, it's because it becomes overwhelming to them. It's just human nature. So they don't want to, you know, God, I'm not good at that. I don't want to do it. Or I suck at that. I don't want to do it. But it doesn't really change whether or not you should be doing it. So in this day and age, kind of good segue, why is it important for businesses to have an online presence? Yeah, I mean, if you think about any consumer nowadays, like, Even my grandmother, they trust information online. And so word of mouth is how pool businesses have been built and continue to grow for years and years, right? But your online presence is your word of mouth digitally. So the same way that, you know, Judy and her husband go and tell their whole neighborhood how great you and your team are, if they can share that digitally, they're even expanding beyond their network of people. And I think a huge thing entrepreneurs don't realize is so many of these online listings are free to set up and have accurate information on. So at a very basic level, claiming those pages and making sure that they're owned by you as the business are so crucial. It doesn't matter if a user goes to Google, if they start their search on Yelp, if they ask a friend, they're more than likely still going to verify their options. And maybe they even already know your pool business by name. If they Google search your pool, multiple things are going to come up, right? Not just your website. It will have your Google, your Facebook, your Yelp. And so by having those profiles accurate, claimed, and completed everywhere, you're really getting that consistent information and people can trust you before they even pick up the phone or send you an inquiry through your webpage. So I think not having those pages claimed and accurate is just allowing other pool people to get in front of your potential clients first. We talked about it on the live on Wednesday and we were telling people, hey, look, you know, they say, oh, we don't do Yelp or oh, we don't do this. And I go, well, you might not do Yelp, but trust me, just because you don't have a Yelp, you think you're not on Yelp, you go there. Somebody already created a Yelp page and you already got reviews and people are already looking at you if, you're, if you've been in the business for a little while. So why not get control of it and see what drives that or, you know, the good things and the bad things that are coming out of it and just get in front of it, just like you said. So you, you can't be that ostrich and throw your head in the sand and, and pretend like it's not there when the reality is it's there and there's nothing you can do about it. So you might as well uh, embrace it. Yeah, you know, I think what I've heard, at least, and you guys tell me if this is true in your industry, a lot of the people avoiding it it's a fear of the negative. It's like a fear of, well, what if someone writes me a one-star review? And there's two ways to think about this, but the first one is just pure facts. On Yelp, nearly 80% of the reviews are positive, and we have more five-star reviews than one, two, and three combined. So most people are going to our site to make a recommendation, to tell you about a place that they love. But even if you are getting a negative or critical review, that's still an opportunity to be trustworthy to consumers simply by responding, right? And I think all of us as consumers have seen reliable and trustworthy online reviews. And we've also seen the people that are a little bit out there, you know, those negative Nancys who really have nothing nice to say, but there's something to be said for when a business's voice is in that same forum. I think that goes a lot further than just hearing the consumer share their version of the story. Absolutely. 
Now, I do have a question for you. I just want to take one second really quick, and I want to give a quick shout out to everybody that's online listening to us. Jay, Jeanette is already on there. By the way, Zach, John, Jeanette is saying, uh, yes, pictures are a must. So she's telling us that we need to pull that off. And by the way, to you, Emily, she's saying that uh, she can only girls can pull off the boots and the shorts out here while doing pools. So uh, Zach and John, please don't do the boots and the shorts. That's she's saying that that's <laughs> offline for. <laughs> Leave your days and dicks at home, John. <laughs> Damn, I'll have to go shopping. I have to make time for shopping today. So I can see John trading <laughs> in the Crocs for some boots, walking down the stockyards in his shorts with a bald head and cowboy boots. So. So big shout out to you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Maria, Joel, big shout out to you guys out there. So Emily, let me ask you, what are the sites or platforms that the businesses, the pool guys should be on and why? I know that there's a lot of them out there and you can kind of get overwhelmed with so many of them. But what are the main ones that the, the pool pros should really focus on being on? Yeah, I think that's a fabulous question. So First, noting that when you update your Yelp information, it's going to auto update a bunch of other sites. For example, Yahoo, like it'll update some of those other listings for yours. So make sure your Yelp page is claimed and accurate. That's a huge one. Google, of course, is big. We're not going to pretend that that isn't where a lot of searches begin. But remember that even if they start on Google, sometimes they're going to see your website or any of your social media. So when it comes to where you're actively managing a presence and putting information out there, I would say focus in really well on three to five places. So that's, you know, Yelp, Google, whatever our social medias are. We want to have a website, but it doesn't have to be super detailed and deep, right? It can just be basic information about who you are, who your team is, and what you offer. Now, thinking about all the other potential platforms like You know, for example, Thumbtack, that might be one where people are searching for home service providers. If I was a pool pro, I would just start with my main three to four, and then I would turn on Google Alerts. So set a Google Alert up for the name of your business and see if you're getting mentioned on Thumbtack. See if you're getting mentioned on some of these other sites that are maybe smaller or local. Now, I will say... Something else that I think home service providers and particularly in your guys' industry, people where you're growing a business of home owners who have a certain amenity, then I think it makes sense to do more localized work as well. So maybe there's a community messaging board or maybe there's a next door group or these little apps that are centric to neighborhoods or community members that could be valuable of your time. But just to kind of summarize that and bring it high level again, I think you focus on the big three to four. So that's Yelp, Google, your social sites, and your website. And then I think have those ears on to see if there are other things being said about you online. The biggest downfall is having a presence on, you know, 12, 13 different platforms where you're trying to keep up and then you're doing really poorly on all of those. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Now, on this feature, 
on this feature about Google Alerts, I, I don't even know about that feature. What What is that feature? Yeah, okay, so easy. So just Google Google Alerts. They're free to set up. You can set up a Google Alert for almost anything. Like I have one set up for my name because I wanna know if there's ever articles or interviews or things that are posted and maybe people don't tell me or send it to me. So you could set up a Google alert for the name of your business, and then you can indicate how frequently you want to receive the email alerts. And let's say you do daily, it'll give you a full breakdown of any alerts for that full day. Um, so kind of depending on frequency and what keywords you're putting in there, you might want to change when it tells you. But by doing that, you're simply putting a little notice out there to the world of the internet to say, hey, give me the link if my name is mentioned anywhere. It's just a really free and easy way to have an update in your inbox about anything that's happened online. I did not know that existed. Zach, did you know that existed? No, and I I don't know if I want to know that exists and put my name in there. Do I really want to know? Freaky, right? I know. Have you ever oh, Zach, I saw you while she was talking about it. You were over on your other laptop. You're going freaky. <laughs> that's exactly trying to clear the web. Oh. Clear his name from the web. Good lord! No, that's a great that's a great point, especially Zach's for on. us guys that we deal with a lot of reviews and stuff like that. That's huge. I mean, that is huge. I mean, I know Zach is thinking in his mind. Are pictures included? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to do some damage control after this one. You guys Uh, are too much. His brand has tanked in the past 20 minutes. That's what happens when you miss three podcasts, right, John? No. For sure. (laughs) So, Emily, I want to follow up on that a little bit. And... I want to kind of find out the importance of having a website. If someone is promoting their business on other platforms and they're doing a good job of it, say, you know, Yelp, Facebook, Google, some of the major social sites, if they're doing a good job on those platforms, is it still really important for them to have a website of their own? Yeah, I think this is a really good question. And I think you have to think strategically about your business, the size of it, the exposure you're looking for, etc. I think it is a very easy argument to make that you do not need a website. I really truly think that you could get by without it. However, I think that how cheap it is to have one set up and to have that domain owned by you and how easy it is to just get a main splash page with some basic information, that to me is worth it for almost any entrepreneur. I think it's a cost that has impact. And I think when you're considering your website, you want to consider it as one more web page or digital storefront where people can get in contact with you. So maybe there's information on there. Maybe there's education about pool maintenance, but a majority of it is your phone number or your request form to become a client and get you know someone out on their property to take a look at their pool. So what I would steer clear of entirely for any pool pro is having a website where you're pumping hundreds and hundreds of dollars and hours into it. I don't think you need that. I think we need very basic SEO gathering landing page that illuminates the same basic information as all of our online uh, presence pages. Again, I think for pool pros, the big question is, 
Who is your ideal customer? What are you offering them? And how can we most effectively get from the discovery phase to someone in their yard, right? Like that is the chunk of time that matters most. So if you are going to put time and effort into a web page, make sure that it's SEO optimized for your services that you offer and the area that you're in. And make sure that when someone looks at it, they're very quickly on the phone with you, putting in a message request to get in touch with you. We want to get them offline, right? That's the ultimate goal is getting them in touch with us. Um, That was a really roundabout answer, but I think to wrap it up, I'll just conclude by saying if you're a solopreneur, if your entire business is built on you and the clients that you clean pools for, maybe a website isn't necessary right now. But if you're even in that growth period of adding one, two, five employees, and you want to get the word out there, you're going to want people to be able to find you when they Google search you. And a very simplistic website, in addition to Google and Yelp, can really help give that holistic picture that you are a real, authentic, and trustworthy business. Guys, John, Zach, I think at least in our industry, I'm seeing the trends that you you could really run a business without a website because you're really trying to get customers from Yelp, from Google, if you have your social media platforms. Do you guys agree with that? Do you think that you could kind of almost operate your business without that page or no? Of course you can. I mean, of course you can do it without it. But is that the smart decision? In my personal opinion, no. I think... Having a website almost in this day and age kind of legitimizes you. I was just thinking back when we we're kind of talking about this. And before I got into the pool industry, I really didn't. I mean, I didn't get it. If I needed something or I needed to call an AC company or if I needed to call a plumber and I Google search and I did something on it, whatever. Right. And I and I found somebody or I looked in the phone book or or I'm doing research on a company. If they didn't have a website, it was an automatic turnoff for me, right? I was like, well, if they're not going to put the time to put a website, to put all their information in this day and age, you know, I'm, I don't think they, the type of company that I want to do business with, and business with, and you can call it judgmental, you can call it stereotype, you can call it whatever you want, but it's just, it's just the way it is, right? You got to put a little effort if you're looking to be a player in the game or somebody that people want to reach out to. So you provide that service to. That's kind of like my thing on it. And I think you should put a little bit of money into your website so it looks a little clean. It doesn't look like a cut and paste type of website. And you have something there. It doesn't cost much. Emily's 100% right. It really doesn't cost much. It only costs a few bucks to keep that domain name uh, for the year. And it just takes literally like an hour's worth of effort. Or if you, especially if you just hire somebody to put one up. I think people are doing it for like 500 bucks. You can hire somebody to put a website up there for you. And um, just so you can have your name out there, I personally think it's the right move for you as a business. Plus, it's hard to grow organically, especially when you're just starting off. You need to rely on leads. There's a lot of guys that have been in the business for many years and, you know, every single one of their customers that they've had, they've had for a very long time because and they're really not willing to get rid of them because they know how hard it is to get them because if people don't know how to get to you if you don't have your number on on the internet if you don't have reviews if you don't have a website where people are searching then the only way you can get business is from word of mouth and you know to be honest you know sometimes if you're just good at what you do not great or amazing or you don't wow people then people aren't going to make the effort to go out there and, and sing your praises 
and it's going to be hard for you to kind of grow organically. Or if you do have that presence, then you're, you're able to build your business. Even if you just think about it, I mean, you start, and even if you just get two clients a month from the, from these platforms, that's 24, 25 clients a, a year. In two years, in four years, you're at a hundred, you know, and then plus word of mouth. I mean, you can literally, you'll build your business if you stick around and just do the bare minimum. You'll have hundreds and hundreds of clients. You can scale easily just by doing that. Where if you don't have that and you're not the cream of the crop or not the best of the best, it's going to be hard to get that organic growth. So I think it's a no brainer. Zach, let me ask you, because you have a strong online presence and you have a website and you have somebody that works on it. What's kind of he the does. Traffic? I'm sorry. He does. Because I just did a, an alert on Zach and oh my God, <laughs> on Google, you do have a strong online presence there, Zach. <laughs> so for you, Zach, what, what do you see traffic wise and business wise just from your website? So I would say the majority of our calls come from our website. We have a little bit of a different approach. And I think it all depends on what your goal is. And we've talked about this time and time again of having that plan um, so that you can you know, have a direction and know where you're headed. Our goal is growth. We're trying to get bigger. So our website has become our headquarters, right? It's where we put information out to our consumers. We try to establish ourselves as educators, as the authority in the area. Um, We put our services on there, acts as a menu, and that helps pre-vet customers, right? So someone that wants to spend $150 on maintenance is not going to call us because they're going to go there and they're going to see what we charge for our different services. And, and in the end, that saves us some time and things like that on the back end. I would say we probably have an opportunity to build up some of these other platforms to support our website, but we're really our focus is... How do we send them there? That gives them the information. It allows them to browse, to absorb. And then from there, what are the call to actions to bring them offline to us? Great point. I know that you put a lot, definitely a lot of effort. Sorry, go ahead, John. No, no. I'm sorry. Go, Zach. I was just going to say, I'm also someone that if I search someone and they do not have a website of some sort, I'm completely like, no, I won't go with them. Right. Yeah, same thing. So, Emily, what's the best combination? Website, platform, social media? Yeah, so I think, you know, a combination is important. And maybe strategically, when you're thinking about this, you're doing a lot of the same business description across all of them. So I think, you know, if we're talking about Yelp in particular, for example, as a business owner, there's so much information that you can upload there for free. Uh, Unlimited photos, for example, with information as the caption or even just your about the business section or about the owner or manager section. Those are all areas where you as a business can put keywords or phrases that help you appear in search. And that's going to be Yelp search, but that's just the search of the internet as well, right? So if you're already doing the legwork of coming up with your about the business, use that same strategic language on your website, on your social media, on your Yelp. And I think what's most important when you're meshing all these different platforms together is using each platform as it was intended for its 
end user. So let's think about like Instagram in comparison to Yelp. You can upload unlimited images on Yelp and they're very powerful. Images help on Yelp. You want to have at least 10. And as an owner, you probably have tons you can add. So you want to do that. But adding an image every single day to Yelp isn't going to help you be found more by people searching for pool pros, right? Adding images every day on your Instagram or going live or having customers upload images of the pool when your staff is done, those things are going to grow visibility and connection on a social site. So I think that's the most important thing. Once you get the basic information, which is probably similar descriptions, service offerings, all of that across them, then use the channel for what it was designed for. And I think when we talk about combination, again, of these different platforms, let's think about our target demo, right? If your neighborhoods that you're going after skew a little bit older, maybe you're spending a lot more time investing in your Facebook presence than your Instagram presence, right? And that's going to be a little bit of some self-identification of where you live, what your customer base is, but that's also just evolution of the internet as well, right? So being open to new platforms if they come about and that's where you see your customers going. So I think a mix is important. I think consistent basic information across all platforms is important. And I think considering the audience and the use case of the platform is the best way to decide how often you update or engage with it. And it's interesting, especially with social media, and I'm super excited to get into that podcast that we do where we talk about that, because I think that's probably one of the things that people don't understand the most. And then it's like, how do you turn those followers into customers? So that one to me is really interesting. And part of it is because I use some of those platforms, but I am definitely not a pro in a lot of those platforms. And I've learned over time that what works on one definitely doesn't work on the other. So it's like, I can't grab one picture, put it on Instagram, put it on YouTube, put it on Facebook, and they all work the same. And just some of the things that you're talking about with, you know, the the age of the people that are going to be on the platform is different from one to the other. So all that's important. We're just now, Emily, getting into Facebook because there are a lot of pool guys on Facebook. But even I've had a hard time understanding Facebook and how it works and the tabs where you go to and, you know, very different from our Instagram page, which we do well on the Instagram page. So I'm really kind of excited to do that. Let me ask you this. If you, if I was going to do a business listing, if I'm just regular pool guy, just starting in the business and I'm going to set up a business listing, what would be the core components that you would tell him focus on these three, four, five core components on those? So the first thing is that basic business information, right? It might seem really silly, but let's make sure that on Google, on Yelp, anywhere where you are, the business name is correct. Do you have an address? Probably for pool guys, you don't, right? You probably have like a city zip code and on Yelp, you want to have that service area. So how far are you willing to travel and serve clients? And what you do on Yelp to set that service area up is actually go into your address field and that's where you can add your points of how far you're willing to travel for service. So that basic information, bar one, the first thing that we want to do. 
And I think categories fall under that too. So, you know, is your pool business more um, customers that are getting recurring cleanings? Are you doing installations? Are you doing um, repairs? So getting that language and information is important. But then images, you guys, I really can't stress visuals enough. On Yelp in particular, it is one of the best ways for you to describe what you do and what you offer because so many of us are looking at Yelp on our phones. So we're not going through and reading all these reviews. We're swiping through tons of images. So I think that is of the utmost importance when you're talking about online listings. And something that people overlook is when you're uploading images, for example, are you captioning them? The keywords and phrases in those photo captions can be really impactful. So on Yelp, you know, maybe you're giving yourself 15, 30 minutes to upload images from your cell phone of the different services, and you're actually taking the time to caption them with what the offering is. And when you're doing that, it's very time consuming in the beginning, but it's strategic and it doesn't need to be repetitive. So that again is the difference between social and a listing. Anytime you're dealing with listings, it's like upload the information and then you don't need to modify or add to it unless things change. With social, it's like this constant stream of information. One last tip I'll give to wrap up this thought is When it comes to social, it's about hitting the same piece of information multiple times. So I think back to the pandemic when a lot of the businesses that I go to in person, like fitness studios and things of that nature, were starting to open again. They didn't just post their new opening procedures once. They were posting them multiple times a week for weeks because sometimes I'm seeing it and swiping right through because I don't care. And sometimes I'm seeing it and I'm in the mood to work out. And with you guys, I'm sure it's the same thing where on social, sometimes you're popping up and people are thinking, oh, damn, I wish I had a pool or maybe my mom needs someone to start helping out with her pool instead of her cleaning it. Whatever the case may be, you're hitting them at a variety of times and you feel more repetitive to yourself than you do to your followers. I think that's really important to remember. I want to jump in on that. I think uh, you brought a great point about adding up adding to photos or uploading to photos, especially to Yelp and captioning them. When you name, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you name the photos or you caption them, not only does it go into Yelp and since you've uploaded it, but let's say you do Jandy pump install or if you want to put IntelliFlow install or green green to clean. When you have that and you and somebody just goes straight into Google and they go to search green to clean or Jandy pump install, now you've opened up another roadway. You've got that bridge now from somebody who might not be looking at you or even considering Mike's pool service or Billy Joe's pool service or Janet's pool service or whatever. And you have a beautiful picture of a nice clean install that you just did or work that you performed and you captioned it. And then somebody is looking for that same service. Now you're what you do and what they're looking for correlates. And then now they have a, an avenue to find you and that's how they can get to your Yelp page or they can get to your homepage or to your website and stuff like that. Is that correct? 
That's absolutely right. And I think you guys are certainly in an industry where brand name stuff can get you that visibility. Like it's the same as an HVAC provider. If my HVAC goes out, I'm going to be searching for someone who does Lennox because that's the kind of HVAC I have, you know, like I don't know anything about HVAC, but I know that's what's in my backyard, you know? So it's the same sort of thing for you guys. You'll have some customers who are seeking out businesses, contractors, providers that work with certain brands, or you have some people that are just searching that because that's what they affiliate with a cleaner or a heater or whatever the case may be. So I think that's definitely worth your time. One thing I would caution against is becoming way too much of like a keyword fiend. So what you don't want to do is like have your business description just full of keywords and like not written in sentence format or to like have photo captions on pictures that just don't make sense. Like Houston, comma, pool cleaning, comma, like you don't want to do that. You want to just be smart about incorporating keywords in the descriptions, in the captions, etc. Does that kind of make sense? Like it has an impact, but don't spend like 12 hours on a Saturday. Sure. Like, sure. <laughs> okay. A little goes a long way <laughs> and a lot is a waste of time. Right? Exactly. That's exactly right. You get penalized. Can't you for like in your rankings for doing that? Yeah. So on Google for one, like they have all this weird stuff, but like on Yelp, putting all those keywords in your business description makes it kind of like invalid as opposed to incorporating keywords into a sentence because that section is like supposed to help a consumer get a sense of who you are, not be like a keyword Rolodex, you know? So you're right. It works against you if you're, if you're kind of like overly doing it. I liked what you said, John, a little goes a long way. It truly does. And a lot is a waste of time. (laughs) And here's the thing, guys especially for us, and you look at Instagram, you got all these guys always posting these beautiful pictures of the water and it's crystal clear. They just cleaned something. They just did a repair. The picture's there. They have it. They posted it on social media. Those should be the ones that they're sticking also on Yelp and some of these platforms to be able to help. Yeah. And just real quickly, I want to say the pandemic has really opened a lot of businesses up to being a little bit more behind the curtain with their clients on social. So like if you have a crazy pool situation that's going on, I bet your followers are interested. Like maybe some of it isn't appropriate, but like, I don't know, critters in the pool or like stuff like that. I think you can get really creative about what you show and share and people are drawn to that. And for all you know, maybe it's some teenager looking for a new job and next thing you know, he's banging down your door to help clean pools. Or maybe it's, again, someone interested in getting a pool or hadn't thought about having it professionally serviced or taken care of. So I think that content and and you guys all obviously have great personalities, bringing that through to your social can really deeper the connection with your customers. And, and the community. And I'll tell you, that's true because guys, the pictures that I've posted where I posted one where there was a crocodile inside a pool in Florida and that thing just went nuts, like completely went nuts. And when there's, uh, I posted one with snakes from out here in California, those, all those pictures just completely go nuts. Emily, I have a question. You've mentioned it several times about the importance of accuracy of information across the different platforms. I kind of want to get your feedback or your input on why that's important. And also, 
how down to the detail are we talking? Like if I put my address as, you know, Boulevard on one, but then I put BLVD on another, or I, is it going to make a difference if we have small inconsistencies in that information? Does it need to be exactly the same across the board? And then why is that important? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think in the like very uh, detailed example of an address, let's say some of those listings might even just list them differently as like a standard for the site. So I wouldn't overthink like Boulevard versus BLVD, but I do think it's important to make a decision, for example, about if you're going to list an address. So like pool pros, it's a really 50 50 industry. Like if you have a warehouse where I don't know, maybe you show people materials, it kind of depends on like what your business is. But for me, I would make a decision. Do I just go by city and zip on every platform or do I put like a warehouse address and some people come to that? I think that's like a a consistency factor that matters is how are we pointing people to connect with us? How are we listing if we have a physical address or not? The thing that I would say, you guys, about getting all this information like updated and accurate is... At some point, this is just something that you hand to someone else. Um, And I don't necessarily even think that's based on how big your business is, how many employees you have, yada, yada. It's like a simple thing like, is there someone in your life who cares about you, who can do some quick like internet stuff and help you out? For some people, maybe their partner is someone who helps them with the more like paperwork type of roles for their business. Maybe you guys have a teenage son or you have a new employee who's good with digital. I would just have someone do searches on all those sites and just make sure it's accurate. I think when it comes to like, is it the exact same across each one? Granularly, as long as it's accurate, I think that's all that matters. But I think this question often comes from a place of like, how do I stay on top of it all, right? Because when you're setting up or claiming these pages, you're kind of going through the motions to make sure that they're accurate. But when you're at this point where you're asking yourself, is my digital presence accurate everywhere? That's when I would find someone in your life to do a search and just check that for you. That's kind of like an indirect way of answering your question and almost giving the job to someone else. But I think factual is what's most important and modifying slightly if the different platforms present their information differently because people are looking for different info. Does that make sense? You're muted, Zach. <laughs> yes, no, it makes perfect sense. He's, he's still a part timer. He's getting used to it. Right. I'm kidding. And I have to say, it's always my goal to give it to someone else. So that's that's what I try to do. That's perfect. Emily, you don't know what you did right now. Just saved Zach a lot of stress. He's like, Whew, because he's so anal, right? And like everything has to be perfect. That if you would have told him that, no, everything had to be BLVD or Boulevard, he would be like, God, all day today, that's what he would be doing. He'd be spending his time updating the listings and making sure it's absolutely perfect. So thank you so much for, for not stressing him out. John, he would, and, he would pull that big spreadsheet, huh? With oh all God, his sure. listings and all his get things. Get the whiteboard. And going, and get get the whiteboard. Let, let's put a big action plan into place. Edgar, John, I can't come up and visit you guys. I, right. I, well, Emily I gave me the stuff. I got to get it done. I got an Uber. I got an Uber up there now so I can work while I'm... And they're not lying, Emily. It's true. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad that I saved you some time. I'm a firm believer in handing this type of stuff off. Like, you don't have to have 10 employees to hand social media off to someone, you know? Like, if it's not your forte, it's not your forte, you know? So, Emily, is it a good thing to consistently update your listings, or is it important just to keep it to a like a as needed basis? I think when it comes to listings, so your Yelp page, your Google page, if you have like a thumbtack page, the only time you need to be adding more content or updating is if things are changing. Seasonally, maybe it makes sense to give a little love to your listings, to upload some new images, to add some new keywords or phrases for services that matter to you. It doesn't hurt, but you're not getting the same value as you are of producing content, say, in a newsletter or in social. I think that's a better use of Uh, more content and more time being spent. On the listing front, I would say it's more of a set it and forget it from the perspective of once it's accurate, it should be good to go. Now, you'll probably be engaging with listings more frequently if you're responding to reviews or if you're, you know, sending messages to customers after they've written you something. So that would be the way I would look at it. And I would manage that by turning on notifications so that you can set it and forget it. The one thing I want to say about updating stuff when it comes to like being a thought leader or you know, sharing information is newsletters are something we haven't really talked about, but are a good way for you to stay in touch with folks. So, you know, if you send a newsletter to your existing customers, there's no reason you can't grow that newsletter list to anyone, you know, interested in pool tips or whatever the goal might be. Having that list of customers or potential clients that you own can be really valuable and that can be a better channel to touch them multiple times. Uh, Same with social. I think that's a really great way to use social, but not necessarily important on a listing site. I'm going to make a confession on our business listings on Yelp and Google and stuff like that. We have that we're open because we work on the weekends on Saturdays, especially not Sundays. We put that we're closed, but depending on how my week is going and if I'm just tired and run down, I'll go in there and I'll close, I'll close down the business on a Saturday because I don't want to get 50 phone calls on a Saturday. So I did that. I did that this week and I think I updated. But then again, I'm going to make another confession. I hesitate to do that sometimes, especially with Yelp, because I swear to God, every time I open up that Yelp ad or that Yelp app for business, I will get 15 phone calls from Yelp. They know I go to the web page. <laughs> they know. And don't tell me they don't because they do. Because as soon as I do it, oh, here it goes. So now I got to. So I got I to gotta, I gotta figure out whether it's if I'm going to get those calls from the customers or if I'm going to get calls from, uh, from Yelp. But I see you in there dodging on both ends, dodging right? the customer, dodging right? the sales rep. Right? This guy's just under the radar. Right. And then, <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny, John. <laughs> it's true, though. I, I'm just I'm just being 100 percent. It's true. I do that. I close Saturday. I'm like, even though I'm out there working, I'm hustling every Saturday. Right. But I'm like, oh, God, I just can't. Another phone call on Saturday, another phone call on Saturday. I just can't do it because it ends up being we're the type of people that we hear it. People have something they need, something they need. That's why I'm out there Sunday working, right? You do it. And I'm I'm doing it on Sunday and I'm working on Sunday. 
And Emily, have, he's he's the day. type of guy that said, "Oh, I'm going to take the week of what was it, Christmas off." Oh, and yeah. Zach and I are like, "That's never going to happen." That's yep. no. I promise, you know, Mama Janie, that we're going to not work this week. And I'm like, "Yeah." So Zach and I start putting squares and bets on it. Sure enough, I think the only day that he didn't yep. work was the 25th. <laughs> yep. Seriously, I'm I'm bad. So the question is, did you close all your all your listings then? No, I didn't. But I, I will. I will now. I will now. Be careful. I'm so. Terrible. They're watching. I know They're they are. You, I'm going to a phone, a phone call with a follow up email. Okay, that's the beauty of it, baby. <laughs> no, it's great. It's you. brilliant. It's we brilliant. See you. It's brilliant on their part. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they're if yeah. one thing they are, they are persistent. So, Emily, when we're talking about all these different platforms, how does someone know whether or not they're being successful? when utilizing a certain platform, what would be some baseline indicators that they should be watching for to know whether it's working or not working for them? Yeah, well, I think one thing on Yelp in particular is we show metrics for your business page for the past two years, as long as you've had a listing. You don't need to pay any amount of money to see those metrics, but you can see everything from who's viewed your page on a given day, week or month, as well as if they've made a phone call, clicked through to your website, all of those granular actions that a user can do. So I would say if you're completing your profile, if you've added all of this information, you should for sure see some slight increase in visibility of your listing. It should be seen by more people. But a true measure of how these pages are working for you is what you're hoping to get out of them. John mentioned earlier how, especially in the beginning of this industry, leads are everything. If you're trying to get, you know, 20 leads from your Yelp page every month, you might need to be putting some spend behind that to get that visibility. But if we're talking about leveraging these free tools and pages to have accurate information and be searchable and able to be found, I think the measure of success is having the accuracy as well as having the visibility. So getting those views on your page. I know I started this podcast by saying that I deal in all free tools and that really is my main goal and mission, but it is important to note, I mean, on any listing, Google, us, anywhere else, if you want to get more than just visibility and a digital footprint that says your correct address and what you offer, you're going to have to pay to get that visibility and to get those leads. And so success from these pages then looks like what's my goal? What's my budget to attain it? And is my listing while being seen by people converting them to call my business? So that would be kind of how I would take it one step deeper is like the first layer of am I being successful is all my information accurate? If people Google my business name, do they see one of these listings at the top that shows them how to get in touch with me? That would be success. But true strategy is intentionally spending on certain platforms with the plan to get that ROI back in clients. And we have to be realistic, guys. Everybody listening out there, you know, these platforms are businesses and they're going to give you free tools and you're going to be able to do all that. But if you want to take it up a notch, you are going to have to spend, you are going to have to spend in advertising and that's how every machine works. So, and there's nothing absolutely wrong with that. 
They're giving you all these free tools. You can use them, you can maximize them. But then if you want to go to that next level, there is that part that you're going to have to pay. And that's, that's the expectation. The way I like to think of it too, Edgar, is there's enough slices of pie for everyone. Just depends how much pie you want. In order to clean 2x more businesses than or pools than you do now, you need time in the day and employees, right? Like everything needs the demand and supply to work. But I think when it comes to people searching on our platform, there's plenty of demand to go around. It's just a matter of finding that right fit for you. And as a business, knowing if you're looking to generate more leads or if you're looking to maintain or if you're looking to change your relationship with your existing customers. Let me jump in here because our messages over here are on our, uh, what do we call this one, guys? The other one was InstaChat. What do we call this one now, now that we're on Facebook? Face the chat? forgotten chat? The forgotten chat. <laughs> <laughs> we, I can't see it. I don't know where I'm oh, looking. Oh, my God. What a crowd. Listen, guys, it's not the forgotten chat. That's, that's John out there. But I do want to say... Maria saying great information for me because I don't post every day. And then, by the way, Zach, you are in the hot seat at home. Leslie posted on here. You broke my computer. Dot, 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 dot. Wow. <laughs> God. So, Guilty. Um, I think what you might want to do is you might want to pack the car and just leave tonight because I'm not sure that that's going to be a, a good one. Just after. vanish. Just vanish. Just go. And hey, big shout out to Corey. Corey, I know that you're listening. I, I managed to save this Facebook Live, guys. He's the one that was teasing me that I was you know, lying because I messed up the last one. So anyways, sorry, guys. No. I agree with you, Emily, is there is that you know, everybody needs to understand that there's a piece of the pie. It's just a matter of how much effort are you willing to put in and then how much money are you willing to put in to get that bigger piece of the pie? So, Emily, can we do a quick recap on what are some of the do's and don'ts on these platforms? Absolutely. So do make sure you have your free listings claimed and accurate. Don't panic if Boulevard and Boulevard are separate on the different listings. We just want basic similarities across. Okay. Do hand general listings and online management and all of that off to someone if it's not your forte. Even paying an intern a little bit every week or month to help with that stuff could be valuable for you. But the most important thing, you guys, is you have to get over the emotional fear of engaging and having a digital persona to your business. If you're in business in 2021, you have to have a digital way for clients and potential clients to connect with you. So it's about getting over that emotional hump of not wanting to have to get into this whole big, complicated world. And then getting those accurate and free listings across all platforms that matter for your industry and really focusing on the ones where you're seeing success. So if you're spending time on Facebook and you're not getting more connections, it's not yielding you good visibility, then maybe it's time to take that energy and focus it somewhere else. I think that's the beauty of digital is it's constantly changing. You can't possibly be everywhere, but you can be strategic by knowing who your customer base is and knowing the types of users some of these platforms have. We're kind of getting to the end of our time here. I did want to ask, Emily, you have a podcast as well called Behind the Review. 
And I got a chance to listen to some of it, and it's very interesting. And um, could you explain a little bit about that and just kind of give some insight to your podcast? Yeah. So the show is called Behind the Review, and it's in partnership with Entrepreneur Magazine. So what we do is every week we feature conversations with a reviewer as well as a business owner they wrote a Yelp review for. And the main goal is to really humanize both ends of that transaction, give some insights into how consumers think about customer experiences, what motivates them to review, as well as what different businesses in a ton of industries do to be memorable. So the episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes each. They're pretty short and digestible, but they're like an NPR style show where I'm kind of guiding you through the story and we're getting the very best tidbits and insights from our reviewer and our business owner. Yeah, it's a great podcast, guys. I suggest a lot of you go out there and, and listen to it now. Can you play for us how you do your intro? You heard me do mine. How do you do your intro? Okay, I have someone stitch that together. I don't know how you like play these intros and then start talking. I'm like still trying to figure out how to edit audio files together. And you're over here like trying to live play music in a recording. I don't know how to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Who do you use for your for your podcast? Well, I mean, I do it, but in an editing software, like I use Descript. Have you ever heard of Descript? No. It's very like... Um, it's very easy to use. It's supposed to be a very intuitive platform, but audio is hard. I mean, you guys know I had to learn so much about audio editing just to do the show because I am the one who does the separate interviews and then I stitch them together. So it's, it's a challenge. I have mad respect for anyone who does podcast. Yeah. Edgar's always yelling at us. Oh my God. <laughs> we have to spend an, like, an hour after the podcast. It starts, and then we start getting <laughs> lashes. Stop tapping on the damn desk, John. Well, what is that? You did a good job. What do you have a helicopter? Yourself. What do you have a helicopter in the living room? <laughs> last week, was that last a mountain week had, lion? <laughs> last week he had his dog barking in the background of his podcast. <laughs> oh, but they have to listen to Stuff me afterwards. Happens. Yeah, right, it definitely no, does. But no, it's not what like we that. did, cool. and it's funny because I'm trying to check it here. For some reason, it just it's not going live. So Riverside has this little feature. We had an intro recorded, which is kind of a cool little intro. And then normally when we go live on Riverside, you just press the button and it plays that that intro for you. And then normally during the podcast, we'll take a word from our sponsors and then we'll play those little audio clips that are already pre-made. So that's kind of how we do it. Normally, we kind of have like a minute of music and everything kind of with the intro, Edgar, Zach, and John, and and then it kind of goes in. But uh, anyways, we'll, we'll have to, I'll have to share that with you so that you see. And hopefully next next week or next time you're on the podcast, it's it's working. I know. I just made you nervous because I was so physically put together for this episode that you were like, now we can't figure out the audio and the music. So next time you'll get it. I know. It's fine. It's going to be great next time. Well, no, you stepped up the game. Look at your beautiful background, right? So now we're all going to go, oh, man, look at us. Yeah. Wall with this little it. ass picture. I'm going to set up a green screen and I'm going to like set up like like an ocean behind me. Or I'll, I want you using a, a ring light next time. I want to be will. able to see the sunburn glisten off your forehead. Oh, for sure. Amateur. Right? Hopefully, right? I am. I am. Watch. It'll, it'll be better. I will step up my game. I promise. Oh, man. That is great. Great, great. 
So before we end the podcast, Emily, I want to ask you a quick question. And I know that we're going to get into this in the series of, of podcasts, but for everybody that's listening out there, do you recommend that they answer to every single bad review that they get? Yeah, I'd say 99.9% of the time response is going to be really beneficial. And when you're responding, you're not responding to win that reviewer over. And you're not trying to get into a back and forth dialogue with them either. You're trying to reflect your customer service practices to all future clients. So truly a public response to a negative or critical review is just thanking them for leaving feedback addressing one or two of the things that they mentioned, and then taking that conversation offline. So giving them a way to get in touch or indicating that you sent them a direct message because we're not trying to get into the brass tacks of the argument. We're really just showing all potential consumers, hey, if you have a concern, bring it directly to me and we'll solve it. And businesses that respond to reviews on Yelp oftentimes have a higher star rating and a higher quantity of reviews. And the psychology on that makes sense, right? If I'm a consumer looking for a pool pro, I find a business page where they are responsive to any of the critical feedback, that puts the entire higher reputation into a different perspective. The positives are more glowing and the criticals are almost outliers because the business owner is doing something about it. So that would be my tip on responding. And we'll get more into the positives as well, but there's value and power in those responses too. You just don't want to look canned and send the same thank you to everyone if it is a public response. So no flipping the bird emoji as a response. (laughs) You know, I would say if you're looking to lose clients, that might be a good option. Have you ever heard of the New York pizza store owner who like showed up at a reviewer's house and was like pounding on the door? No, you're kidding me. Don't. Don't do what that happened? either. Wait, 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 share, share. It was like in the news and everything. This poor woman wrote a critical review for a place and they like connected her order because it was delivery and the guy like showed up there. It was horrible. Basically, the whole like takeaway of that story is no customer and their behavior is worth that kind of a reaction, right? Like you're almost just validating the negative review when you go off the handle like that, you know, like you're a business owner, you're the professional step away. If you need to take a a day before you respond, that's fine. If someone needs to write their response for you, but you're the business owner, you would never yell at a customer in front of other customers. Would you, why would you do that online? It's the same thing. Zach, make sure you don't take that strategy, okay? Nope. Just smile and uh, be on my best behavior. I, But I don't know how many times, like, I'm kind of a geek. I like to read reviews. Although I don't leave many, I need to start doing that more for my uh, good experiences. But I'll read the feedback from the businesses. And there are people that get very combative and negative and kind of attack. And I'm like, yeah, I would never want to do business with them because it just tells you right there how how they are. And if you ever have a problem or issue, that's how you're going to be treated. Well, and a lot of great business owners that I've worked with have said to me, you know, Emily, no matter how upset they are or no matter how wrong their perception of what went down is compared to the way we see it, if they spend their hard-earned dollars with my business, they're entitled to their opinion. 
And that can be really hard for some people to swallow, but I think that's important to remember. You can't be everything to everyone. You're going to have some people that don't like you or the way you do business. And the goal isn't to please everyone. It's to provide a great service, to know what you're providing, and to be able to offer and communicate that to your clients. No, you bring up a good point. I mean, it's true. Perception is reality. And even though to you it doesn't make sense, but to them it does. It's the world and that's their reality. And the truth is, is that there are more people out there like them. And chances are you're going to run into that type of personality again. And if you understand what makes them tick and what pisses them off or how to thread that needle and how to work it, then you better prepare yourself so that you can avoid a pitfall like that or another bad review down the road because you've become wiser and you've learned from that situation. All the more important to be um, engaged when it comes down to just your online presence, period. Because if, again, you have that Yelp page, somebody threw out that review and you have no idea, you haven't claimed it and haven't done anything about it and you haven't seen that feedback, how do you grow from it? So it is definitely a tool to grow from. So I agree 1000% on that. Two things, John, I think this is something, and Zach, you can tell me if I'm like way off, but I think this is one of the things that John does really well. John will not only get feedback, and John, remember the one that you sent where the customer just didn't see the floaty into the pool, but you already know what your business expectation is and what your relationship is going to be with the customers. And it's not always one that you're going to sit there and you're going to take abuse from your customers. But what I I really like about your strategy, John, is you know how you want that relationship to be and you draw the line and very respectfully, it's like, here's where I'm at. Here's where our relationship needs to go. And if you go over those boundaries, we can't do business. And you're very, very eloquent in the way that you put it to your customers that they need to understand that they need to trust you and that they need to value you. And if they don't, then they're not the right customer. And obviously I say it and it comes out wrong, right? Because if somebody listens to that, they're like, oh my God, that's rude. But you have a way to put stuff in writing where, you know, even I read it and I'm like, oh man, that's really good. That was a great, you know, angle to put. And as a customer, I wouldn't be offended or I wouldn't be upset. And I think that's what a lot of people need to do, especially with their online strategies and stuff like that is have a plan, but you can't be one of those that, you take crap from some customers and then you don't take crap from other customers. It's like you you have to have that strategy right in place and always stick to that strategy. Yeah, that's spot on. So normally here, guys, what we would do is I would say, hey, let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we are going to get Zach and John's final thoughts. Let me see. I, I don't think you probably can hear it. So this thing is just this thing is just not working today. So. Anyways, so we'll pretend that that went there. And then, um, Zach, let me get your final thoughts. Oh, that was awesome. Um, (laughs) Flex shot. Yeah. So um, for my final thoughts, first, Emily, don't look at my Yelp right now. It it needs some work. So just stay out of there and we'll we'll address that another time. Um, But, you know, this all hearing it and listening to it, It seems very simple, but it is pretty time consuming and complex and it is going to require an effort and work. And so I would say for people that haven't gotten started in this or looking to get started, just getting started, take it in bite sized pieces. Right. 
just like you said in the beginning, take a couple of platforms, really hone in on those, really get those looking nice, get all the information accurate and consistent. And once you're successfully managing that and monitoring that, then add on the next piece. It's something that if you start trying to tackle it all, it will get away from you. And I don't know how many times someone's called and like, yeah, I called you at six o'clock last night, but I guess you guys were closed. And it's like they found our hours somewhere on the internet and I don't know where it is to clean it up. And it's probably something that I updated years ago and don't know where it's at. So if you're going to get into this, really start small, add on as time goes on um, and, and just build it from there. And Emily, thank you for coming on today. I'm really excited to get into some more of this with you. This is all really good information. Even for me, I'm like, okay, we need to go back to the drawing board on some of this, get some pictures updated. And, and Robert might already be doing it. He's probably sitting there shaking his head like, dude, I'm already, I've already got this under control. You don't know what you're talking about, but we'll be, uh, I'll be looking into it. Guys, we were able to figure out the audio. Let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see print and pay invoices it has all your customers information on one page so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips created specifically for the pool industry pool invoice now available at poolinvoice.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. We're talking to Emily Washkovich, the host of Behind the Review with Yelp and Entrepreneur Magazine. And we're talking about your online presence, how to set yourself up, and why it's so important. We're towards the end of the podcast with our final thoughts. John, let me get your final thoughts. I really enjoyed this podcast. And uh, Emily, thank you so much for jumping on and doing this with us. And I hope that we haven't scared you off into doing some more. Uh, but you know, this is 
you know, it just all kind of goes down to the main purpose of what we're trying to get at with everybody is running a business is a lot more than just servicing pools. You know, there's a lot that goes into it in order for you to be successful. The majority of businesses that start end up failing. It's just, that's just the math and the odds are stacked against you. And if you only rely on just cleaning a pool, servicing a pool, and not focusing on the other dynamics, unfortunately, you're either just going to get by um, or you're not going to be, and you're definitely not going to be as successful as you, as you should be. So we always want to build a business that doesn't survive, but thrives. And this is one of the things, and one of the very important things that you need to get a grasp of in order, at least understand it so that you can be uh, successful. So again, like I said, I, I just had a great time. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for jumping on and doing this. I'm looking forward to the other podcast because I have some definite questions about Yelp for you because I've had a, how they call him. Oh my God. I have a love hate relationship with Yelp and I'm sure a lot of people do, I, but I am more of in love with Yelp because I appreciate Yelp because they've, they've created a lot of business for us. Um, and I wouldn't say they've created it, but they've given us a platform to do it. I think the work that we do and what we've done is what's getting us there, but they're that megaphone for us. We get tons of requests for quotes from Yelp, and we do not spend one penny of advertising with Yelp. We did at the beginning. Uh, we took advantage of the $400 thing. But other than that, we, we haven't. And it's been a great catalyst for us, and it's been great. And if you utilize it correctly, you can use it to your advantage. If you don't, then it can be detrimental to your business. So um, just looking forward to having more conversations about that and picking your brain on just business because I think that's super critical. So thanks again. Yeah, I'm excited to keep chatting. If you guys don't get the music working next time, though, I'm cutting the rest of the series. <laughs> right. Next uh, one will be the last one if there's no music. Okay. You know what? I'm going to record this part here. Riverside FM. I'm going to cut this clip of the video. I'm going to send it to you because it's right. family from Yelp. And if they're telling me yeah. that, then you guys better step up your game. Next <laughs> next episode, I'm going to be going. John's going to be going. Beats in the background. Well, oh, I'll play. Man. I'll play it off my phone. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 you don't do, want to hear do, me do. sing. Trust me. <laughs> so, Emily, what I'd like to do is I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to ask you if you're willing to do what I would like to do, especially with Yelp, is maybe we could do uh, Riverside, and then what we do is I'll have you share your screen, and then what we can do is maybe go through setting up a proper account and showing everybody that those things that we've talked about, because I think a visual like that would really help a lot of the pool pros out there that are you know trying to set this up to be able to kind of not just know you know go to this tab or go to that tab or or look at these numbers or these metrics. But if we could do that, that would be great. We can kind of do that offline and we can post it on some of our platforms. I really enjoyed the podcast. A lot of great information, even stuff that I learned that I didn't even know existed, even with the Google alerts. And we had talked about, you know, the, the issue with putting Boulevard and shortening that. I thought that was true. I thought that was the reality of it. And I've actually told people that. So now I'm kind of thinking, Gosh, who did I tell that so I could call them back and tell them that I was completely wrong? Don't stress about that. But a lot of great information, and I'm really excited to get into some of the other ones and really kind of with strategies and the social media strategy, because I, I think there's a lot of pool pros out there that use social media, but might not know how to leverage that into turning that into a customer. 
I really appreciate your time. John, Zach, I'm super excited to get together with you guys for the first time. We'll have to do an Instagram Live when we meet. Zach, you'll have to give me a call. We'll have to figure out when you come up on Saturday, if we're getting up on Saturday or not. And John, we will be at the airport at midnight waiting for you with the cowboy boots and the sign. So we appreciate that. Guys, have a good one. We'll talk next week. Bye. See you later. Bye, guys. Guys, thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Before we go, let's take our final word from our sponsors. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see print and pay invoices it has all your customers information on one page so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips created specifically for the pool industry pool invoice now available at poolinvoice.com Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way, may not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.